Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for matchsticks and gasoline the calgary flames website for sb nation this is episode number two on the big maiden voyage of the new podcast as part of sb nation's podcast nation i am mark today i am joined by maddie and gordy good afternoon everybody or good morning depending on where you are in this weird hockey universe we're a part of (laughs) that's the morning for me yeah greetings from the future (laughs) maddie and i are from a different world (laughs) East Coast. So last week we kind of recapped a little bit about, you know, the Flames off season, which wasn't, which was a total snooze fest and a little bit about what was coming up for the season. Now that we're actually all hot and into this season and ready to go with the Flames, we asked for our readers for a couple of questions and reader questions are always so positive with the Flames. You get one good one and then it's like, okay, who's getting traded right away? Because we're, you know, that far into the season. So first reader question was, is Andrew Manjupani the new uh, right wing on the Flames' second line with Matthew Kachuk and Michael Backlund? The Flames have tried a couple different people there so far this season. Nothing has really stuck. Uh, Maddie, what have you seen so far from Manjupani to think that maybe he would be that guy or maybe he isn't that guy? I think he kind of has to be by default, right? Like yeah. the looks they've tried so far haven't really been working. Um, the thing I thought was kind of funny is on the broadcast last night um they just kept talking about how hard of a worker he is and that's why that's going to work for them and i think that's not always something that means that he's good necessarily just because he tries hard but um i think in this case the the effort level and the compete to totally sound like a hockey man right now um it looks good i think it's kind of pointing positively hey manjapani put on his ice skates He's doing great. He should be on the second line. Gordy, what are your thoughts? I think it's always tough because uh, Michael Frolik has certainly given a good showing on the right or on that second right wing position. It's you you don't earn a line nickname by being bad, but uh, I think Manjapani has shown a lot of promise so far. He's got a 61.2 Corsi four so far, which leads the entire flame. So he's been driving play. Certainly he's, Still a left shot right wing, so uh, Backlund and Kinchuk don't have a ton of adjusting to do because uh, Froelich's also that left shot right wing. So I think so far it's it's too early to you know give him a grade. You know he's got no points or anything, but as of now, I, I don't see any need to change him. I think he's he's looked good so far. Yeah, I tend to agree as well. I think it's kind of right now. It's like taking spaghetti. You whip it at a wall, see if it sticks. Yeah. And <laughs> Who's going to uh, fill that role right now? I mean, for leaks so up and down, and I think he's one of those guys that's probably going to play his string out with Calgary on either the third or the fourth line. I don't know if he's going to ascend back up, but it might, you know, help to have a young speedy guy up there in Manjapani with uh, Kachuk and Backlund. So I don't know if I'm with you guys. I think, I don't know if I am ready to anoint him the permanent replacement on that line, but I think right now he's a good fit. 
and he's got an M for a last name, so it works. It's <laughs> based <laughs> a three M line, so technically we really don't have to change much. So switching gears into our second reader question, they want to know who's the first flame on the current roster to be gone. So yeah, we're already there. We're already there, guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have a, I have an opinion on one guy, I think, who hasn't really played himself into a role and might be playing himself out of a role, but I'd like to get everybody else's opinion first. Uh, Gordy, what do you think? Who's the first flame to get traded after four games? Oh, I think we're all a little tired of hearing about Froelich and Brody, so I'll, I'll go a little off book here and say, I think Jankowski is, oh, you know... I don't be a thunder. <laughs> It just it just seems way too likely, you know. He's entering another RFA uh, eligible arbitration season, and you know, with his you know his shorthanded goal total from this last season and whatever he does this year, he might be looking to get a pay raise. But you know, I I don't know if he brings a ton to the table in terms of unique skills. So I think he's definitely you know you could definitely sell high on him while you can, but. Yeah, I think Jankowski might be playing himself out of Calgary. Maddie, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he's one that if he doesn't start producing more consistently for them, um, they might just have to try to move to try and make some kind of improvement. I Personally, I don't think that would happen until closer to the trade deadline. But um, No, trade now. You have to trade now. <laughs> Could you imagine, though? Right. If, yeah. If the fans ran the team, look, Jankowski's played four games. He only has three shots on goal in four games. We got to move him. He's terrible. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at Jankowski's numbers too, like, I mean, he had 13 minutes of total ice time against Vancouver because that was a three nothing win. But in games where they've been tight or they've been behind, like against Colorado or the Kings or even against Dallas, his ice time has been under nine minutes with the lowest of the season being in Calgary's. Uh, overtime loss to the Kings where he only had seven minutes and 32 seconds of ice time. Um, I don't know. Is it just time that maybe the Flames kind of give up on the Jankowski experiment or is it time to push him a little bit to maybe create some sort of trade value for him? I think he's he's just such a big frame and especially playing in the bottom six. He's, he's just not physical enough to like he's a good hockey player. I just don't think he's physical enough to play in the bottom six on a consistent basis especially on a contending team like this whereas on another team and higher up in the lineup you might get a better opportunity yeah I think there's kind of a short leash that you get um in being a player in his role and I, yeah I don't know how much um bigger of a chance he's gonna get if he you know doesn't show something it's a tough spot I think yeah, I agree. And he's been such a controversial figure, even where he was drafted and when he was drafted. So maybe everybody was right. It just took Calgary a little bit longer to figure it out. Who knows? Maybe he'll turn it around and all of a sudden we'll be like, wow, remember when we were talking about trading Mark Jankowski back on October 11th? And now he's got 30 <laughs> goals. But I really don't see that happening. So, all right. Well, that wraps up the reader question portion of it. Always a positive uh, dialect when we ask the readers to come up with some uh questions for us to answer we are going to pause for a quick break here to uh have some advertisements and we'll be right back after this you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for the Calgary Flames for Matchsticks and Gasoline, part of SB Nation and SB Nation's Podcast Nation. I am Mark. I'm joined this morning, this afternoon, from the past and the future by Maddie and Gordy today. And uh, we just wrapped up our reader questions. We are going to now go into a topic that is uh, taking the internet by storm, um, especially <laughs> Twitter. It's actually our fan poll question today, which is awesome on Fan Poll Friday. We're talking James Neal. And Milan Lucic, because the Flames would trade a flaming bag of poo to Edmonton, and Edmonton would polish said turd and turn it <laughs> into something for the first time ever. Uh, this is a this trade, as it looks stats wise, uh, not exactly going Calgary's way. But I think if you look at what both teams are getting from each player, I think maybe we'd agree that both teams got what they needed out of this trade. No, definitely. Oh. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 tough being a Flames fan right now, but you know this is kind of what we expected out of the trade. So bring on that third round pick. <laughs> yeah, I think Lucic has given Calgary what they need. They needed some toughness. I mean, with Furlan gone two years ago, and then with um, Garnet Hathaway gone this offseason, Calgary needed somebody in there besides Sam Bennett and his mustache. And I think Lucic has really filled that role well in the first four games. I mean, you know, I last night was a little bit different, but you know, there were a couple of nights in there, especially the Kings game where, you know, players were trying to take a few liberties with Calgary players and Lucic did what he's supposed to do. He's not going to fly down the ice. He doesn't have McDavid's speed. He's um, not going to score 50 goals ever or 50 points ever again. So it's he's there to just kind of be the the muscle and I think he's done okay with that so far. No, for sure and it it comes down to how the how the Flames use Lucic versus how the Oilers tried to use him. I know Mike's a big advocate for this. I think he'd like to see Lucic back on the top power play just cuz he provides that net front presence and Kachuk could you know, drive a second power play unit. But yeah, the, the Flames are deploying Lucic how they need to as not exactly an enforcer, but more of a kind of a grinding guy, a guy that's going to, you know, put some fear in the other team. And he's he's done exactly that so far. Yeah. And I think even beyond that, um, what he does well is just gets the puck up ice. He drives play well. And that's not something that is particularly useful on a team like Edmonton where they just don't have any shooting talent. Um, I think that's going to work a little bit better here, but I'm not super surprised that it just wasn't working out for him there. Um, whereas like James Neal isn't going to have a career year. I think I could score 20 goals playing next to Connor McDavid, like a little bit of context, please. Like, Well, I think that's the thing that people seem to forget too, is, you know, Neal's up there with, he's with, Dreisaitl, he's with McDavid. He's got Edmonton doesn't have the depth that Calgary had last year. I mean, Neil came into camp. He was slow. Didn't look like he was even really interested in being in Calgary. And he wasn't going to Lindholm outplayed everybody to take that third spot on the top line. And the three M line for the most part was what it was last year. So he was relegated to a bottom six role, which was a completely new scenario for him. 
you know, and I don't think it sat well with him. So it makes sense. Like you're not going to crack any of those top two lines in Calgary. Of course, you're going to go somewhere else and have some success. I mean, it hurts a little that he's on pace to score 575 goals this year (laughs) with Edmonton (laughs) and Oiler fans are loving it. Um, And it was Michael and I were talking the other day. I was like, you know, we should do a column. Just be like, why? Why do you just let Edmonton fans troll you? (laughs) I mean, Twitter is what it is. It's awesome. It's a giant cesspool of humanity and it's fantastic at times. But like watching like, you know, an Edmonton fan just throw that little jab about Neil out there and then 70 Flames fans respond, losing their minds. It's like, guys, (laughs) let it go. It's okay. It's okay for Neil to be playing well out there, and it's okay for Lucic to be slow and fighting here. And uh, our poll today was, why do you let Oilers fans troll you on the internets? And right now, 41%, which is seven votes, it's early in the day, was, what's a troll? Edmonton fans are bad. You know, and it's like... (laughs) You know, and then we, 24% is because I can't help myself. And then we have 6% that's I like fighting people from behind a keyboard. <laughs> so uh, Flames fans still not taking to it. It's just a matter of just let it go. Who cares? Good yeah, for Neil. And- you know, like I'm not a huge James Neal fan, but good for him. He's having success somewhere. And Calgary got what they needed. Yeah. And another thing I think, too, is like people always want their team to be the one that wins the trade. Just full stop just dunking on the other team's GM and it doesn't, it so rarely works that way. Um, maybe last year's Oilers that could have happened, but um, it, it's just, it's not going to happen. Maybe it's going to be more of a lateral move and that's okay. Uh, if you look at just the stats, like the, the key with Neil is you just have to, you have to put him out there for 20 minutes a game and that's, he's averaging 18 minutes of ice in Edmonton right now, which is obviously first line minutes. Whereas in Calgary, he he was he got a full minute less of ice time than he did in his rookie season. So, you know, it's it's not like Neil was scoring all these goals last year, and then we traded him for Lucic. It's he just wasn't going to work out in Calgary. Calgary got something they needed in return, and you know, it's it's what it is. We'll have to deal with the chirps. You know, Luke, Neil's shooting at almost fifty percent right now, which is if that stays, he is going to score four hundred goals, but. <laughs> Well, I don't know. So if you've heard the Oilers are undefeated and they're going to go 82 and 0. So that's, you know, <laughs> and it's all because God. of James Neal. So, you know, so we'll, we'll talk about this in the springtime. If James Neal's in the playoffs and doing well, that's fine. Or if James Neal can score 35 goals for the Oilers this year, if he's not playing hockey in the spring, what does it matter? Exactly. We'll just let that go and anger the Edmonton fans. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> and we're off. Uh, so last night, Calgary goes to Dallas. Down to nothing very early into the third period, like nine seconds into the third period. Dallas gets their second goal, and I shot Michael a message because I happened to have the thread open just talking to him, and I was like, well, it's over. <laughs> Done. Nine seconds into the third period. Calgary's down two goals in Dallas. Never going to happen. Then out of nowhere, Calgary chips away, chips away, chips away, and Calgary finally gets a win in Dallas. They had lost six straight overall to Dallas. They lost three in a row in Dallas, and they finally get that little Dallas monkey off their back. Uh, what did you guys see out of the Flames last night that you liked? Well, not only did they get the Dallas monkey, they got the shootout monkey off their back, too. too. Yeah. I, was, I was starting to think, you know, once overtime's over, like, they might as well just go home. Like, it was that, that's how they've been playing the last few years, but it was, it was nice to see Goudreau finally get a, a deke to go for him. It's one of those things I said in my recap last night. I didn't think Gaudreau had a great game last night. Uh, he had a couple of costly turnovers. He took that bad penalty, which led to Dallas' second goal, the power play. And 
it was nice to see his overtime. I mean, he started that. Oh, what do you have? Like a two and a half minute shift to start <laughs> overtime. He was just out there forever, just gassed, you know. And then Riddick comes up with the big, the big save um, in overtime, and then they get to the shootout. And it was just, I'm like, oh, thank God he scored the goal. He gets the game winner because he didn't really have his best game last night. No, he really didn't. And yeah, at least you mentioned it for Goudreau, but the the penalties have really got to they, they've got to get that under control. There, the penalty kill has been pretty solid to start the year because like they they could be four or zero oh and four right now with the amount of penalties they're taking. Yeah, no, completely agree. It's four last night seemed like oh they only took four that was good all right we're getting somewhere <laughs> as opposed to you know opening night against colorado where yeah. had, like 214 minutes in penalties like you know i think I, I haven't checked today's stats but last i looked like lucic by far and wide is leading the league in penalty minutes you know and bennett's taking some dumb penalties too which aren't helping either he's had a bad he's had a tough start to the year not just the penalties but he has that toe drag that you know leads to the first goal for Dallas last night but you know you know Bennett's got to get that under control because I remember it I I think it was two years ago he started like this where he was just taking bad penalties it was if if like if this is what Bennett looks like when he's trying just a little bit too hard you know he just got to get back into that comfort zone he was in in the playoffs last year agree Patty any thoughts on that um i think it'll be a little easier for them once they sort of start to find a rhythm um especially early in games it's kind of looking like they're chasing a little bit and then when that happens you're going to be doing especially some more stick infractions but i'm not super worried um i certainly hope that they can pull it together but it's it's an issue right now they need to like, fix the starts and the penalty thing it's i think all kind of kind of feed together yeah, agree. They are very, very slow coming out. And I'm disappointed. This is the first year I'm actually all in on Sam Bennett. And this is what he rewards me with. <laughs> <laughs> I have been the biggest fan of get rid of Bennett. He's done. He's got nothing. He's not going to score goals. And I'm like, hey, I like him as a grinder. He's got some, you know, he can throw his body around. He's a little bit of that enforcer type guy. He grows a fantastic mustache. Like I'm all in on Sam Bennett. I'm like, this is what I get for getting all in on Sam Bennett. Yeah. So How with did that, we, uh... No, go ahead. Oh, how do we feel about Noah Hannafin? Because I really liked, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from him this season. Oh, I'm loving it too. Um, the offense out of the gate from him has been fantastic. Uh, I just, mm -hmm. and you know, you try not to concentrate a lot on offense with defensemen, you know, because defensemen have the, the non-glamorous job on the team. But I just, I like a lot of what I'm seeing out of him. And he played in Boston. So, you know, no soft spot <laughs> there for me. <laughs> So, no, I think the Hannafin deal is uh, him coming over has been great. Um, you know, I think it's always that first year adjustment, but I thought he had a good season last year, too. So um, the Flames defense overall, I think, is, you know, you know, Brody getting demoted down. I love watching Anderson play with Giordano. I, that to oh, me, so that good. top two is so much fun. Um, Shillington, you know, eh, a little rough here and there, but I, I'm not going to close the door on him too early. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I like what I'm seeing out of Hannafin so far. I agree, you know. Yeah, with, and that's with, been really exciting. With Giordano, yeah, with okay, Giordano, yeah. sorry, uh, with you know, with Giordano kind of coming near the end of his career, like it would be nice to see uh, Hannafin take a couple more steps as he's doing. Is you know that first you know left side of the D is going to be open in the not too distant future. I do love how we always talk about that, though. Everybody like, oh, Gio's getting so old. <laughs> That's like the best <laughs> year of his life last stop. year. <laughs> you know. 
Gio's gonna be like 42. We're gonna be like, look, he's gotta be close to being done. He's so bad. He only had 50 <laughs> points last year. Yeah. The beard is gray. <laughs> if he were to grow one. So yeah, no, I, I Hannafin, you know, good question. And I um definitely I think I'm with everybody. If you don't like what you're seeing out of Hannafin, I don't think you're watching the right hockey games. <laughs> so uh to round out the rest of the week, Calgary is one oh and one so far this week. They finish off with Vegas on Saturday and San Jose on Sunday. Um, so not exactly the easiest end to a week. Uh, that's not been exactly the easiest week either. Yeah, no, uh, we talked about getting rid of some Dallas demons. Calgary's going to have to go into Vegas now, try to get rid of some of the early demons they've had in that arena. And then a tough, tough meeting with San Jose. You know, they've, they're off to a bad start They're You know, they want to, they want to get back in this playoff hunt. They've got Marlowe back. It'll be a good weekend for sure. And then uh, we look at the next week coming up. Maddie, right there on the 15th, the Flyers, <laughs> that's their opening night, right? They haven't played a game yet this season, have they? <laughs> yeah, basically zero games. I can't even remember <laughs> the last time they played. <laughs> right. So, yeah, look ahead. Philadelphia, Detroit, and the Kings again next week. Uh, you know, the. The Philly game, okay. The Detroit game, fine. I think everybody, once you get past this weekend, looks ahead to L.A. next weekend after what happened with L.A. on Tuesday. Yes, no, maybe? Drew Doughty, Matthew Kachuk, Every It doesn't matter how bad the Kings are now. That's what everybody's looking forward to every time. Oh, the, battle, yeah. the Battle of Alberta going to take a backseat to the, the Chuck <laughs> Doughty Bowl. <laughs> 57. Oh. Uh, I love it. I just love that every time Dowdy smiles, you're like, oh, my God, can you fix that tooth? Just <laughs> kill it, please. Or put a mouthpiece up top. You're killing me, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that should be that should be a fun game as well. So, uh, so Calgary, uh, okay week to start. I think you've seen a little bit out of this team, that a lot of clawing back into games, which is good that they can claw back in. But, Maddie, as you mentioned, would be a little bit better if they didn't have to claw so much. If they would could start. Nice. Yeah, start fast and carry on. Because, uh I think Calgary has a goalie. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> he is unbelievable. Like some of the say, and his confidence is just through the roof. Like he can give up eight goals and be like, yeah, so they didn't score nine. You know, he's just got this <laughs> bravado about him that you need in that position. And he is, Riddick has just been, I think, lights out. If you had to pick a, outside of maybe Kachuk, I think he's, if you were to pick an MVP after four games for your team, it he's literally kept them in games they have no business being in. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's and for me, it's just all about how confident he looks in the net. Like, you know, I'm not sure I would have felt all that good if you know Mike Smith was in net on that Radulov penalty shot last night. But Riddick was—he's just cool as a cucumber. It's awesome to watch him. Yeah, we can let Edmonton deal with those struggles with Mike Smith. Enjoy that. <laughs> Enjoy that puck playing and out of position. Good riddance. Goodbye. Goodbye. So. All right. Any uh, closing thoughts? Anything you guys want to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, it just—I was just looking at the schedule here, but the the Flames don't have a two-day break until after the Winter Classic, so like they've they've got a busy schedule the next two weeks. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize it was that much. Yeah, you look. So if you got what is it next week? I gotta look at the calendar. So you got yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a bounce there coming through. So I mean. <laughs> I mean, at least they got the Panthers in there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like the all in Detroit. Eh, 
then everything else is, you know, not exactly an easy take. You got Winnipeg, you got Anaheim, Carolina's playing well, you know. So uh, October, very busy month for a team that's uh, struggling to get out of the gate. So hopefully they can uh, rectify some of this stuff and handle their business. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here on the Tinderbox. Once again, we are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. You can download this podcast on iTunes and Spotify or wherever else you listen to fine informational podcasts. For Maddie and Gordy, I am Mark. We thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Tinderbox.